0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. The boss is out today, so guess who's your host? I'm David Hall. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in an even extra casual setting. And joining me today are, are some of the usual characters and some not-so-usual characters. Adam Jocelyn.
2: The delinquents are here. Brian McCubbin. Hey, everybody.
0: Donnie the Spike Man. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
3: Gregory Hectus. Happy Thanksgiving to my American friends. And the Parrot Man, Tony Rochette. I'm not buying Joey Logano
4: diecast.
1: That's because you already own all of them. Not a dirt one from last year. <laughs> uh, well, are y'all having a good, Did y'all have good dinners before we dive into the show? Since we're going super informal today.
5: I had one yesterday, and I had one today. So two. Maybe it might be another one tomorrow. We'll see.
4: The chubby bird was not chubby enough to eat, so just turkey.
5: So he was
1: pardoned, eh? Yes. Well, today, or at least on this week's show, we're going to review the year in iRacing, which is kind of one of our traditions on Thanksgiving. We're going to go over all the updates, and new content throughout the year, as well as a summary of our individual years in the sim, where we also have a few products to review and hardware, and we'll discuss some of the latest Black Friday deals.
2: Yeah, and uh, follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time if you want um, just by going to iRacesLounge.com, selecting show notes, and you'll be able to see everything we see as we, as we uh, present the show to you.
0: All right, are you tired of your pedals feeling like a video game? Want to step up to feeling like you're actually driving? Uh, we designed our P1 Pro pedals to feel exactly like a real car, giving you a better feeling when you're driving. Push braking zones to the limit and avoid locking up by having a finer feel of the limit. Trail break into the corner smoother, allowing you to carry more speed. Our P1 Pro pedals will be the last set of pedals you'll ever purchase for your sim. Lifetime warranty is included. That means if you ever run into issues in years to come, we'll service them and keep them perfect. Uh, they also announced uh, their steering wheel yesterday. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little later, but um, head to simcoaches.com. Uh, gather all the information over there.
2: Yeah. No. Before we go, uh, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about sim coaches. I was, um, as I was researching some of the new wheel stuff, um, I started to go back and watch some uh, reviews of their of their pedals that I had never seen from like a sim racing garage and boosted media. Some of the shows that we typically and all those reviews were just glowing. Um, uh, Gary, Barry, Barry from uh, Sim Racing Garage Man—he was raving over these sim uh, sim coaches pedals. The, uh, the build quality, he said, was, uh, was just amazing. Uh, every little detail that was put into them, he, he could appreciate, and uh, he said that they were the, the most, in his opinion, the, the best-looking pedals he's ever seen. So. Um, don't just take it from us. Yeah, you can do your own research, and you'll see that uh, all these guys who we rely on for for reviews and hardware, um, they give Sim Coach pedals uh, raving reviews just like we do.
1: Well, it was literally going to the sim racing garage that pointed me in that direction because I didn't know they existed until I started just rabbit holing after after my my V threes broke, right? And they had the best review, and they had the pedals available, so it's very handy. They're the best pedals just period hands down. And so we're going to kick things off with uh, the champions blog featuring Casey Kerwin. And it's a blog posted by iRacing. And it's a story of Casey Kerwin's experience during the NASCAR championship weekend. Uh, Donnie, what, what, what can you tell us about this one?
0: Yeah, so iRacing posted their championship blog, a story of Casey Kerwin's experience during the NASCAR championship weekend on their website. I'm taking a look at the photo. The photo is an, actually an outstanding photo. I, I'm curious they kept saying how tall the trophy was and i'm seeing him stand next to it and it's actually taller than him is the trophy on any kind of um lectern or podium at all
4: casey's a
3: small dude it's it's sitting on a podium there if you look at the picture
2: yeah. if you yeah, get was, to the I, picture where he's uh, he's there with lightning mcqueen it's it's right there underneath the check
0: oh uh, there you go okay yeah, Saturday when we were here for this presentation, we were actually behind the stage. We couldn't actually see it, but uh, he actually got a decent pop from the crowd, which um, kind of surprised me a little bit, knowing uh, still how niche sim racing is on the overall grand scheme of things. But when they did this award ceremony in Phoenix, um, I was quite um, happy to hear the, the um, I guess,
3: the the ovation he got. Well, anyone winning a 100 grand, I'm sure it'll bring a pop.
2: Yeah, and I bet you a lot of the the, the fans remember, um, you know, the uh, Pro invitation where where um, you know the Pro race drivers were being broadcasted on TV with, with iRacing. So, so they're they're probably even if they didn't watch uh, the Coke series, you know, they're, prob- they're, they're familiar with the product now. They're they're familiar with what iRacing is and and what it does. So, um, I think that probably has a lot to do with uh, his recognition as being the, the iRacing eNASCAR uh, uh, champ. <laughs>
1: And it's got to be so rewarding when you think about how much work they have to put in to, to reach this level. Um, it's just mad respect because he is truly a champion.
2: Looks like he got to do some really, really cool stuff um, while he was there. You know, It looks like he was able to drive around as a passenger on the track and stuff. Really cool things uh, that he was able to get done.
1: All right, well, let's go ahead and take a look at um, basically each season's review notes, right? And um, we're just going to kind of hit this a little informally and and talk about the the biggies. Um, Was it this year? I don't see it in season one. When did we finally get the damage model on the cup car?
2: I think that was not the first season because that was uh, before Daytona. I don't think we had it for Daytona.
4: No, it was like third, I think.
1: All right, well, let's glance at uh, season one first. The Honda Civic Type R, that was a Touring Cup car, wasn't it? They, put, they brought out two more TCRs. Uh, they brought out the new uh, F1 car, right? The Mercedes. We had Hill Racing Circuits. They rescan and rebuilt Watkins Glen. Hockenheim had some new configurations. Um, they added tire added stuffing. Hockenheim. Was it? Oh, it was a complete brand
3: Yeah, brand, brand new, because okay. it was coming with the F1 car. That's right. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, I don't know why, but the Hyundai launchers on here listed twice. They added some more iRacing racing and um, a lot of new track configurations. It looks like for um, for AI. All right, so um, I guess kind of road racing, especially the F one was probably the biggest of that of that release, right?
3: Yeah, I would I would think that this build would be their, you know the main thing that uh, they wanted to start the year off with and, and kind of with a bang, because the Mercedes was the, um, you know, flagship of the year that they wanted to start off with, uh, um, with that big car release it, with all the videos that came out with it, how to, they even had tutorials on how to drive it and, you know, and get do things with it. So, um, I think, I think this year was more the year of the, 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 the road racing side and, and, and AI got a huge upgrade most of the year, but the F1 cars definitely started that off.
1: Well, definitely with the first build. I mean, I think most of us were probably at this point just waiting for the damage model to come out as oval-centric guys. Um, but as somebody who does a lot of sports car racing too, they've really spent a lot of the last two years doing a lot with the GT4 cars, the TCR cars, and even the GC threes. So we see a lot of those coming up. You guys see anything else with season one you want to talk about? Oh,
4: the Glen rescan. Hell yeah.
2: Yeah. The Glen rescan was big. Um, I, people have been asking for it for a while to get that, um, all that extra driving room coming off of the carousel, stuff like that made a, made a lot different racing on Watkins Glen. Um, that was a, that was a big deal. I think.
0: I remember a uh, knock hill, uh, getting that, and then I believe—correct me if I'm wrong—that um, you start in the garage and you can drive your way out onto the circuit. And I—if that is the case—I cannot remember which one, but I—I I feel like it is that one. But it hasn't happened to any other, uh track, I don't believe. I think that's still the one, the one and only, where you start in the garage and pull on out.
3: David, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember the reason I remember this build. Uh, something that's coming from it. I can't remember what race we entered. We entered a Watkins Glen race with the the new um, the, the twenty uh, the sorry the new Cup car uh, with the the new build, and that car was like so loose on that track. It was really hard to drive. It had no grip going uh, for that whole race. I think me and you both had like a miserable weight race at Watkins Glen, and for some reason that. It was around that build time I remember it for me and you in a race.
1: Doesn't ring a bell to me. If it's the cup car in the road course, it's,
2: it's
1: 50% of the time that's the case for me. Actually that car, I, I was surprised how, how much I actually liked that car at, tech, at not, not at Texas, but at um, Coda. Uh, that was the first time I actually, actually sort of enjoyed driving at Coda. It's
0: crazy how different we all are because
1: I hated it, didn't even run it.
4: Let's say that was the week of my surgery, so I didn't run Coda. I, I did some practice last week, and I, I thought the, the last-gen car ran better at Coda than the, the next-gen.
0: I think I was just more annoyed with the, the, um, the track limits in iRacing with Coda. Kind of bothered me a little bit.
1: All right, well, let's set up Season 2. We had, the, we had another GT4, the Aston Martin. Uh, we had another Hyundai uh, TC car. The Formula IR-04. I, I don't remember what that is. Um, we had the Buick Le Sabre, Le Sabre come out, a couple of new stock car Pro Series trucks, right? Or no, that was that, no, that. was the Corolla and the Cruise, right? That was the Brazilian cars.
6: Yeah.
5: Yeah, you're right.
1: And then um, we had the I-55 at Federated Auto Parts, Winton Motor Raceway. They worked on some of the net code. Um, you know, States, I don't see some of the crazy Met code that we used to, though there's still been some bad ones. Um, they worked on the multiple tire compound rules. They updated the spider calls for tire usage, as well as compound wheels and pit box calls. And they did some tire updates on the GT3 cars. They're always working on the GT3 cars. Um, also, they did some season updates for the Camping World Truck series. And New damage models available for a lot of those new cars, including the '87, and then a, a whole long list of AI racing. Yeah, the IRO four is, um, I believe it's,
0: it's an F four car for the the Formula Ladder. Uh, but did anybody run any of the Brazilian stock car races? I'm just curious how how well that series is going.
5: I ran it once. I thought the car was pretty fun. Like, um, it's completely different than a rear wheel drive car when you get. When you get sideways, like you have to, if you stand in the gas, it'll actually straighten the car out. Are they all? Yeah, if you drive driving
1: TCR, you experience that. You experience and that if you're a TCR. I raced as well. a
5: front wheel drive car once the summer at Oxford, and it's the same thing. When you get loose, you step on the gas, it straightens you out. It did the same thing on yep. here.
1: Yep, and you actually get loose when you get off the throttle, right?
5: Mm-hmm. It'll dart in one direction if you let out of the gas.
1: Yeah, front wheel drive, racing front wheel drive is a whole different monster
5: what was it at uh at spa i got loose going up a uh, rouge or whatever it's called and it was it was going towards the wall like 90 degrees sideways and i throttled up and it, it turned back left and straightened out and kept going back down the straightaway and i was like ah, okay
1: is this when they added the built-in spotter call into i racing where you didn't have to use
5: some racing apps anymore i don't know it was a couple of months ago yeah, I'm not sure.
0: With all this stuff coming out this year, I, don't, I didn't buy a whole lot now that I'm looking at the, the last uh, Season 1 and Season 2 so far. I didn't buy uh, I-55 or Winton. I believe this is when Gander switched back to Camping World was during this season. That's what that update is.
3: Just looking through uh, the car thing, um, that IR-404 is the uh, Formula 04 car.
1: Yeah, and um, most of us don't really play in the open world, world that much. Uh, I know Mike has been running a lot of the USF at me or US 2000. Is it the US 2000 ones that he's doing? He's been, I think so. Yeah, he's
0: doing at, the USF, the more American uh, open world ladder, but that's all going to change come uh, season one of, uh, of this upcoming season. So it's kind of exciting to hear what they're going to do with that series.
1: But part of what he's been enjoying with it is he dominates in the overs because those guys are not, not over racers.
3: I do, I do like that uh, this build, I know you said it quickly there, David, about the net code improvements, but we do, I'm finding that, at least in my racing that I've been, the net code has definitely improved. And I, I guess with the different servers and different things that they've done, um, they've definitely fixed that problem as much as they can.
1: Well, you know, the new damage model is also supposed to address net, the net code a lot because it's supposed to have more detailed collision messages, right? Instead of just a box. I remember that was one of the initial uh, selling points for the new damage model.
3: I also look at this this uh, build as in the, the update with the new spotter calls, the fuel usage, tire compound rules, and the pit box calls, and I wish this build had a little bit more where you could take some of those sayings out because it kind of, the spotter kind of goes back and forth. Like if with the way I use my um, sim racing apps with the pit box thing on iRacing, it kind of is hard to understand. It'll say five and then my, my other one will say, and then start counting down. And it, it's just, it doesn't work together. And I found it kind of annoying and minimizing what the spotter says to a point kind of screws up your spottering. And then just to fix the pit road problem, I wish you could turn off that kind of stuff for pit road.
1: Well, I, I, I think I have the chattingness for the regular spotter at the, at the low side. So, and I have the, I don't, I don't remember if it's the chattingness or if it's its own setting, but I have that turned off. He doesn't count down. And I only have the same racing countdown because I, I'm used to that timing and just prefer, and, and it's one of those ain't broke, don't fix things.
2: This, um, this, um, update gave us AI racing for the Mercedes, uh, formula one car for the first time. And they added, um, new, new, uh, tracks that were mostly all grand Prix tracks. So you could, uh, you could race, uh, AIs on, with the uh, Mercedes a lot. We're definitely
3: noticing a trend in the, in the build so far with the, the AI and I know they're updating all, all the time, but the AI just in the year 2022 grew exponentially
1: well once they've learned what they have to learn it's it's got to be a matter of just crunching the time on the the newer cars that probably don't run they probably are able to anticipate problems a bit more quickly
2: yeah the ai this this build was more uh geared towards the formula one and the grand prix tracks the one for the ai tracks from season one was more oval centric which was really cool because it really started to be able to give you the opportunity to run like more more complete seasons as an ai as an ai driver you know if you want to do a full ai season it's it's a lot more doable now with with all the new content they added especially in the season one build
1: all right so the big season i guess for us was was definitely season three as i'm taking it that's the very first thing i see is new damage model for all five of the uh, nascar cars Woo! Or, or, well it's for five cars but it was all three of the next gens, as well as the AMG GT4 and the new Radical SR10. Um, we've got a, the new Mercedes AMG GT3 came out, as well as the GT4. That Radical SR10 came out. I've been meaning to run that and just haven't gotten around to it. I had quite a few new tracks come out Sandown, Fuji, Port Royal. They, they did some iRacing UI enhancements, which is irrelevant to me because I don't use it. Um, they added the start zones, and you know I have not really gotten to experience that until the winner league race, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So we'll, we'll put that we'll put off talking about of that a little bit later, or maybe not. But we'll talk about the start zone part anyway. Um, they fixed the problem with the quiet, with a bug in qualifying tire warming. Some other updates, grading and cording effects, AI racing for it looks like a lot more of the oval cars this season, right?
0: I where the Mercedes being fast when it came to the GT side of the service or the GT4 side. Um, now, that's where I started to think maybe there's a, there's an issue with brand new cars, maybe a good issue. But um, yeah, I'm looking at this list. I didn't purchase anything, I don't believe, from this list either. I remember that I was using the UI when this one came out, and it felt like it got better. Uh, but since it's gone to crap for me, at least, I don't use it no more. But um, Yeah, so it looks like the AI for... For eight new car so a theme here as they're building upon the ai as the year goes on
1: oh, there's a running theory that the new car that comes out always tends to be a little bit overpowered
3: it was banned from or it wasn't even used to uh start us my season i want to say i guess it would be season three-ish season four-ish for the uh, uh kce racing league they just stay with the old one till. uh until the, they got to the a season of testing the new one out to see how close it was with the rest of the stuff. They didn't want to let anybody get use it.
1: Now we got to experience the restart zones this week at Texas in the, in the winter league. We'll, we won't talk about results right now, but I really liked how much less of a guessing game and, and it, the, the narrow restart zones were. It's just every, every restart was real simple and clean and you didn't have anybody doing any shenanigans.
3: Well, it cleans up it's it's not the wait till the green light hits and then everybody get is trying to guess when the green light is you only have a zone of I don't know how how long the restart zone I don't know if I don't know if it's ever been told how long the restart zones are but um, it it's a lot easier for a short period there guessing when someone's going to go um, and then if they don't go then at least you know you're going to go anyways but it, like you said, David, it's a lot more predictable. I think some of that has to do with the quality of the people we're racing with too. I, I think,
1: yeah, that's one of the top status fields we'll run into, which definitely helps. But you can just imagine when you're at, at Phoenix and you can basically restart on the backstretch if you wanted to. And sometimes somebody will. Um, and then if somebody else is trying to guess, it, it just, uh, it ends up co- being a lot more stack ups and weird happenings because, because, People will go a lot at a lot different time when there's so much of a big gray area. I'm, I'm surprised. Loves, go ahead, tell me. I'd
4: say I'm surprised that it in, um, used the restart zone uh, a few weeks after this came out for uh, the official series. that um, I, I know at the beginning they had a little little bit of bugs, but um, anytime I used it in um, AI or or they use it in Carb Cup too, um, it's been it's been great. I know when i restart a race i i usually use the restart zone anyway so i'm kind of prepared for all that
3: but i can't wait for it next year Uh, i would be guessing that it's going to become as of season one build it'll be it'll be mandatory in all oval leagues or all oval races and series as well as nis i guess too
1: I really hope so. That would be the only reason to not do it in the middle of the season is because we were in the middle of the NAS, though they did incorporate it into the Coke series.
0: I was just about to say that. Yeah, I'm hoping. It's, a, it's a definitely a needed thing. Long overdue, probably.
4: Wait till that- we get a cheese cone.
3: David, looking at this um, list here, too, do you think, like, it kind of seems weird that it says, it's kind of like glossed over until the end, but it says over 600 new custom built setups. I mean, that's that's a big undertaking as it is, just to make sure that these things are all set up right uh, for the community to have a base setup.
1: Well, remember, they, they pulled uh, Christian Chandler and that other guy that we used to get sets from. They've been, they've been pulling a lot of guys that are in the setup building community to, to build, I guess, more advanced fixed setups. It, you get into an interesting challenge when you set up fixed setups because the fixed setup almost has to be so rudimentary that your rookie can race it. Whereas if you get into kind of a 2,000, 3,000 high rating driver, they, can, they probably can't run Casey Irwin's setup, but they probably need something that's a little bit better than the fixed setup
3: in the same token. Well, I mean, and we're not going to get too much detail here either, but the fixed setup at Texas, the way the track was, and the, the temperatures and all that, that was probably one of the most, Interesting fixed races I've raced in a while the other night in the winter series.
1: It was tough, but staying under control paid off, right? And we'll get, we'll get, we'll dive into that when we get into the results segment a little bit more. It was definitely, you you had to wheel that car, but more yet, more properly, actually had to throttle it. Y'all ready for season four? You got any more season three hits?
4: New damage model, no say.
1: Yeah, that was, that was the biggie. And, um, it, it really is nice to be able to occasionally scrape the wall and it not immediately end your long-run race. You know, I will say, um, I think it
0: was the last season, but where the damage was supposed to be accumulative over the run, and I'm still seeing guys uh, bang off the wall repeatedly throughout a run and it not slow them down or, or uh, not do as much damage as it probably should.
3: Debbie, me. I mean... I think we found the happy medium to it because you used to be able to, you touched the wall of the old stuff. And like David was saying, you're pretty much done for, you know, you could brush it on lap two and you know you're you never going to be competitive for a full, you know, 160 something on a race. You might just try and pick positions based on people uh, attrition and stuff like that. But now I feel like, you know, when you make that mistake uh, on the exit of a corner, you're, you're not as penalized as much, but, um, you still have, it keeps people in the race more. And that was them probably
0: trying to work with the modeling from, from a steel body to a composite body and trying to narrow that down. Cause we see that obviously translate in the, in the real world. But, but now you're seeing sometimes on the real, the real side, if sometimes they can just bump a wall and they're bending that toe link. So I wonder, um, if they can mitigate that or not have that be such a problem going forward
1: that's coming down to the angle that they hit though. Most of the time, most of the time when we hit the wall on exit, because we just stay in the gas a little bit too long, we're you're really flush to the wall. And so it's not gonna put any stress in that tow link. When they're hitting, when they're popping those tow links, then they're not just getting a little tight on the exit in the corner, they're usually out of control.
3: Well, and I mean, I've broken a bunch of, you know, with the front tires seem to on this build, um, break pretty easily if you get a decent shot on them. Um, and then your race is really definitely done when that's, when that's been uh, crunched into, but, um, you're right. I, you don't see as much on the back of the car, but it does definitely happen if you hit it at the wrong angle. And
1: it's not that far off from the real world. They can scrape the wall, but it's, but they're, they're, they're rigid cars and when they break, they break. But they,
3: when they don't break, they don't bend. Well, even did Chastain's car even break a link going around the outside of Martinsville there? I don't think it broke a link because of how, the way he was hitting the wall. They, they said he was done after
0: that. That car wouldn't have kept going. He did enough. If he, there was a good side picture of it, and the body wasn't straight um, aligned with the wheel. So, so he had done something to it.
1: All right, well, we'll move on to season four. Uh, the first thing I see at the top of this list is that electric car that everybody just loves its sound. You know, you can play
3: that and just about let it put you to sleep, couldn't you? You it's... just hear the sarcasm from your voice.
5: Crickets. <laughs> I didn't hear nothing. you talk about an electric car? I didn't hear it.
1: <laughs> Oh, you can hear them. They have Their
3: transmissions are, are awful sounding. It sounds worse than an F1 car. F1 cars sound not too bad. They're just, everyone just loves the V8 too much. They just don't understand the technology that it requires for nowadays.
1: Well, we also had uh, the Lucas Oil Dirt Oval. Oistler um, Sleben. I, I probably slotted that. go Skogen, some more UI enhancements. Uh, Arkham Nard, Chevy Impala, and Little 79 had upgrades. Boo. Boo. Um, Indy Motor Speedway had a scan update. And um, have they actually updated the Oval? It says the Indy the oval. oval. But I thought the Oval, update. they did update the Indy Oval.
3: Yeah, for the IndyCar, yeah. Well, isn't this both of them? Because it was for the road course, too, right?
1: Well, it was originally for the road course, but they scanned the Oval, too. Um, yeah. Supposedly scanned that little, uh, there's a little dirt track or something in there as well, isn't it? That shows up in the scan data.
4: Yeah, it's uh just outside of turn three, or inside of turn three.
1: I guess, yeah. I I don't remember if I ran at 500 this year. Indy, I, I kind of wish the stock cars were there back
5: there. I, I don't like that road course at all. It's awful. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure it was for the oval for this year. That this this came out for that August race, and I think when we go back to Indy for in May, we'll have the oval update, or they'll update it throughout the this upcoming
3: year. But I don't know if the oval has been heck. It could, who knows? We never got to run the updated oval, but it was it came out when we were there for the, the cup cars, uh for the, the road racing of it because um if I remember correctly, David too, the we ran the Indy Oval in the league night race league race and we had actually a pretty good race there with the the new cup car um at the indie oval. You know, I remember a video they put out now of the IndyCar
0: on the Oval after the scan came out. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. I miss my brickyard. So,
1: <laughs> I do, too. Going on down the list, that they had that new energy-based system. That's when they, they added it that Donnie mentioned earlier. They did do an upgrade to the low-frequency effects system. And um, I've noticed I haven't liked that because of, I'm able to get a lot less clipping and I don't overheat my... My butt kicker is often now. It did overheat at Sebring the other the other night when I was when I was running there. But that's one really bumpy track. Um, road course driving aid pit lines. I, I was I don't I have that turned off, so I don't think I noticed that. Noticed that updates to the qualification system and the Mission R has the new damage model and more AI
3: okay seen what the damage model in the porsche is or is anybody not running it I don't think anybody's run it to see the damage model right I've been
1: in races with it like we've done we did we did a it was um the Chris Maguire racing that that Mike runs on Saturday nights they did a combination of the mission R and something else I, th- I can't remember one of the stock cars and they would end up ultimately being about the same speed
4: now if that car gets damaged and and all that stuff does lightning bolt
3: come out of it no but there's probably when they start and those things have different procedures to uh, put out fires and and deal with them uh, when they're active especially if it's a lithium battery that catches on fire that, that can't be nice well, even in the F1, the F1 guys have to jump away from the car. They can't step away from it. I think also in the F1, if I, if I remember correctly, there's only one person designated per team that does something if it's battery-related uh, um, battery to like change it. They have special clothing and everything they have to wear to do all that stuff. So yeah, I, remember- I, wouldn't, I would guess it would be the same for something like that Porsche. Yeah, I
0: remember that being a big deal, and uh, I think it was Romaine's crash at uh, Baku a couple years ago where he cut the car in half and caught on fire. They had to transport a team member out there specifically for the battery.
1: That the, the biggest thing that's going to happen for battery technology is they're going to have to find something eventually that's better than lithium because there's not much lithium left, and it, it's just a very volatile metal to begin
3: with. We're going to, it's always a different evil. It just depends on which evil they choose to uh, to run. All right. Well, that wraps the
1: season. Uh, do you, have, you guys have anything else you want to say about the season as far as from iRacing for the whole year?
2: Well, one thing I'll, I'll mention is that um, you know all these updates are pretty pretty impressive. i I'm sure iRacing is constantly working on their on their product, and that's what you know. People are saying, uh, you know, you got a subscription and they don't like having to pay every year. Well, that's what this is going towards, you know, um, with with the Black Friday deals, it's like 75 bucks a year. It's like buying one video game a year, pretty much just to get uh, just to get all the these guys to constantly upgrade and give you new stuff. So, um it's it's really if you take that in consideration, you know, iRacing doesn't really its its value is there in what you're paying for it because everybody says that uh, a lot of people say it's too expensive, but you know it's it's an evolving product and it's constantly being worked on and um, I, I to me it's worth the investment um, that it costs to run yeah. this run this sim and
1: that subscription is a flash in the pan compared to. To the equipment that we that we purchase now.
2: Exactly.
3: Yes, it definitely is. A lot of us have donated a lot of money to that equipment this year. You know, I, I uh, this show is expensive.
1: You know, y'all feel free to donate if y'all want because we you, you start hopping on this show and talking about all these products, and the next thing you know, you're buying them all. I would, I you know, uh, I never would have thought to buy a rig or or the pedals or anything until until i
3: started doing this show
4: somebody want to buy me pedals
3: i was going to say at some point Brian. we'll get into all of our reviews from each person right um who spent the most money this year <laughs> what was that adam who spent the most money this year in racing
2: mike well, mike, but mike, probably really
3: mike probably hey no comment i've probably put some coin towards that too i did grab a 3090 ti because I built a computer and built put my whole new rig together. Yeah.
1: Well, before we get into into more of the year review, we do need to get rolling on some of these topics here before before we run too long. It, it,
3: um, before we get there, go ahead. Um, just to go on what Brian said about twenty twenty two here about the builds and stuff. Um, was it one of their better years? No. I mean, we can't expect every year to be you know great content all the time they They start off the season well with you know bringing the road racing and f one crew in and they've updated a lot of stuff all year and it was it was a great year to build on the product that they've created over the years and I think i I don't think they're running out of cars and tracks to scan and stuff like that, but I think what's happened with is the the our feeling towards what's being released is a little bit less you know i don't i don't want to say joyful towards it but it just seems like i mean i look at this list and i see the things that were added and at one point it gets really really expensive to up or to buy everything so you obviously got to pick your niches to race in it and um, like donnie was going through there trying to figure out what did he buy what he didn't buy Um, it's a lot easier when you started off with iRacing back in 2007 2008 and there was little stuff, and each time they had an update, you just added to it. But if somebody gets into iRacing now, it's you know it's a daunting task to look through what you want to pay for um, with it all. Um, but I think these updates are a reminder that um, yeah, it's not going to be everything people want. Um, there's some things that we're, I'm really looking forward to. Hopefully, in 2023, that they've been building up over the last couple of years, but. Um, Sometimes it's not going to always speak to me, and it speaks to it can speak to anybody else, and it, it's perfectly fine. Um, I still enjoy this um, the sim, even though over the last twelve years I've only raced ovals. I can still find it fun, even though um, that's where I'm spending most of my time and money. But um, yeah, it's it, I just think that it's been a, it was an okay year, and they did a great job at um, getting stuff out that they could.
1: And really, as there's more, just more and more and more content, it's getting spread out over so many interests that just more of the updates are not going to be in your wheelhouse unless unless you have 40 hours a week to race 50 different cars. Not every car is going to be something that's going to grab your interest just because that they're now, their field is so much bigger than it used to be. It used to be literally just sports cars and stock cars. And they're, they're spread over a, little, a, a lot bigger field. So, you know, if I never do dirt, when, when the dirt up comes, comes down, that's, that's just not going to grab my attention, but they're still, they're spending their energy there. Cause there are a lot of people who do,
3: do dirt. Well, I and mean, I, like, I think back to, obviously when I was, you know, early in the sim, you know, you're, I'm an oval guy and you were saying like oval and road, um, they were scanning and bringing up the cup series uh from the ground up and having each track and um you know you'd have a new cup track every every build or a cup two tracks every build and it was like oh yeah i got this track and this track now and it's like just adding 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 and like you said david you you know you're splitting it four ways instead of two ways or one way or whatever and it's just um they do the best that they can and i i i really appreciate all the stuff they've added it's i think it's one of the reasons it's really hard to do everything on here too and it's sometimes can be overwhelming to you know we talk about oh did you do this or do that well it's there's so many races going on at all times and you know we all have lives too right
1: all right so kudos for the updates and uh let's talk highlights now we've got the iRacing highlights of the week um and it's another five highlights brian have you checked these out
2: yeah, it did um, they were mostly? I think they were all road racing um, highlights. Um, some really good racing in them. Um, I wouldn't say it was anything spectacular, but uh, just very solid racing. Uh, yeah, these when when these road road guys um, go two three wide in in some of these tracks, it always really impresses me how how uh, how well they do staying off each other, uh, considering you know. When when somebody's taken away a line or something like that, and you're trying to trying, trying to stay close to them and and, and change your lineup to and uh, to stay competitive, and really good racing uh, overall. It's a really it's a, just a just a de- it's a decent highlight video, I'd say. Tell yeah, you one what,
1: of this one videos is a, re- a lot of real tight racing at Sebring in some GT cars.
4: Tell you what, that first highlight, man, it's great! It's great great to see that Ford GT.
3: I was just thinking the same thing. Not many people drive it, Tony. And to see someone racing it and being competitive, it looks good. I miss that car. Oh, I do too.
1: It's only run now in the uh, European series, split series and endurance series, because uh, the GTE class is gone, with Enzo. It has one so, of the best and it motor
3: sounds in iRacing. Yeah.
1: It's a neat design, too. But it, it's, uh, it's hard to drive. It's one of the harder... Uh, it, it's fast if you're good at it and it's actually really fine tuned for Le Mans, it's not great at a lot of other tracks, but uh, it, it is, it's just not as easy to drive as a lot of the other tracks or
0: cars Is somebody running the Mission R right now?
1: Nope, that was the video playing on my, on my tablet and in case y'all haven't noticed I sound different I'm in Bentonville, I'm not at home Davis is in his the fix- is R
3: hers, Porsche R just driving around yeah, hanging out at, at Walmart. Walmart? I
1: would drive one of those around around town. You hanging out at Walmart? Um, no, but I was in Walmart earlier. There's people who have to live here to work at Walmart, right? And all the corporate offices. It's actually a really, really super international town. I almost uh it's, it, 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 it's almost like it's like dealer. Little New York. It's it's like little New York. I mean there's you have to Walmart requires you if you do business with them to to put an office. So every okay, put an office in bentonville so every company around the world that that sells through walmart they send people here
3: to live in bentonville looking through that uh that gt4 battle or whatever is going on at sebring i still i still think sebring is probably one of the well most well done tracks on iRacing racing too for visuals with the sunsets and and the the lighting effects well nothing beats it when
1: it's uh the sun is actually setting at sunset, and it's cloudy, and, and that's, just the, that's the most awesome view in iRacing. What is also awesome, though, is that there's a
3: tire bug that's finally getting fixed. Uh, Greg, can, can you pick this one up? Yeah. So um, it's a tweet by uh, – hold on. It's coming up here. So Pablo art I don't want to screw this up. Pablo Arju Ar- Ar- Aruj. Arujo.
1: The J is pronounced like an H. <laughs> Just read the article. Did we lose Greg? You hear me? You me? Yeah, I got you now.
3: You guys hear me? Yeah, we got, you
1: now. we
3: got you now. Oh, you know what? Is that better? Any better? We're hearing you. Anyways. Um...
1: All right, I'll pick it up. Um, it's, it's a tweet from Pablo Arujo, and um, he basically says that there's a tire bug getting fixed, and it's a forum post that they found something that that it has to do, I believe, with when um, you swap drivers, that there, there's a loss in the performance of the drivers, right? And I think they f- they figured it out with a, some testing.
2: Yeah, Dave, it says that. Um That if you only switch the driver and don't take new tires during the stop, the new tire will be a second off the pace, depending on what track and and course you're on, and it'll be really hard to drive, while if you keep the same driver, you'll absolutely show no loss in performance so so for some reason, if you switch the switch drivers and don't change the tires um the, the the car performance falls off and uh it was tested with some really good drivers like seven k plus i rating drivers so um high end drivers just to let let you know that it was not um, you know it was not uh, the people driving it that were having the issue so um so apparently uh, it was uh something that they've worked on and and have fixed
3: you guys hear me?
6: Yeah,
3: you're good. Okay, so I was trying to get, say that there. I didn't really. And he's gone. I don't know what's going on here. still hear me? He has a force ah. mission R for, for his microphone button. <laughs> My All
2: right, question Adam, would be, this Or go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, why, why would you switch? Why would you not change tires on a, a driver swap out? Doesn't it take longer to change the, the driver by four than it does to change nope. the tires? No, it doesn't. Driver okay. swap
1: is about 15 seconds. The tire swap is about 20 seconds. Um, so if you're running an LMP1 or an LMP2, ge- generally you're, we were running tr- three stints per tire because it's only about a 40-minute 40 lit- 40 stint instead of an hour stint. So we'd still be keeping the tires on two hours. But sometimes it might just work out with the scheduling that one driver needs to run four stints instead of three stints. So you may want to go ahead and swap the drivers, but keep the tires on the best schedule.
2: Okay, I gotcha. Well, this one says it's uh, for GT3 um, uh, since the last GT3 update. So um, I don't know if it affected the LMPs though. So
3: it's good for the uh, Rolex coming up, I guess, in the new in the new year.
1: Well, there's a big update coming up with that too that we should be talking about soon. So we'll we'll get to that. Let's talk uh, Winter Derby though, Adam. Super I late. I read a special event. Yeah, this is your your deal, ain't
5: it? Yeah, this is my my wheelhouse. So, uh, I racing holding on a unaf- they can't sit. for some reason. I probably because due to licensing, they can't say snowball derby, but they're holding a snowball derby type of event that actually goes off in about an hour. The super late model at five flags. I don't know if it's three hundred laps or two hundred fifty laps, but it's definitely a longer race than um, a normal official super late model race. And um, I think you only get a couple of sets of tires. So strategy of playing it's a five flags is a tough track and uh people tend to run each other over so it's a little bit about survival
0: Y'all yeah, be running this sunday morning i do have a question have any of you guys ran this event in the past
5: i've run the, the sarah uh, sarah race a few times each year um it's kind of like that but yeah all right well i guess my question if tougher. you're
0: we're only getting two tire sets or three tire sets do we pit under green flag is it like a normal pit stop
5: my general thing with these short track races is if you get one or two sets i usually pit about halfway through the race because by the end there's no time to drive to the front if you pit with 20 to go because it's just caution after caution so you need time to get up to the front and say if somebody does pit at the end you can you can hold them off for a couple laps it's not like daytona or like auto club or something where they're going to motor around you on new tires in one lap so
1: basically about the same strategy as Martinsville, just pit, pit as soon as you and then go back in.
5: I've done that in a local league race the last few weeks. I've just pit halfway, and where I cycle out is where I cycle out by the end, which has been sixth place, both races.
0: Yeah, I'm curious how it goes. I'm curious how long, potentially, the race will be. 300 laps I'm with cautions, though. I can imagine there will. be. I haven't been following any of the, the, the races that ran earlier this week, but, um, yeah, looking forward to it.
1: All right. Next up, we have a Rockingham repave uh, update. Speedway's Twitter page, they posted a picture with an update of the milling project process.
0: Yeah, it's going smooth. Yeah, that's exciting. So I'm assuming we'll get um, an update to Rockingham. And it sounds like Rockingham could be resurfacing and and being added to some real-life schedules in the future. I don't know what kind of schedules, but... Um, it's getting a rebirth, which is um, Rockingham. When I was a kid, was always one of my favorite tracks uh, to watch and even play on console games back in back in the '90s and 2000s. Uh,
5: Rockingham's actually the first racetrack I ever went to as a kid. My first memory at a racetrack.
3: It's one of the more difficult tracks on here to run.
2: It was a it was a track that really chewed up tires too. So if uh, if if uh, iRacing is going to scan it. And uh, and get a get it get it in the sim because it'll probably change the t- tire wear quite a bit.
1: I wish they had a, a, a an asphalt formula that wore tires out, but the track would hold up long, right? We're just basically make it drive like
2: it's old, but last long. They could use that at Atlanta.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm surprised because there's supposed to be this new asphalt technology that's supposed to eat up tires sooner than than it aging, but. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it would be hard to mix asphalt with some kind of aggregate or some kind of abrasive material that, that could be rough right off the bat. Um, I don't know. It doesn't make sense.
1: But does that cause it to age too quick is the the question. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. You might say we are impatient for the tracks to get nice and seasoned in. And uh, speaking of impatience. Corey Rutherford asked if he could get the dates and setups for the upcoming dates on the 24 race so his team can start to prepare. Uh, Greg did respond, and they have they put a podcast out this week too. Some of the stuff is still out in the air, so they can't ad- announce the vehicle lineups yet. And on setups, he suggested wait until after the build, and um, it's probably covered somewhere. I haven't been down the whole script, but they've they've announced that they're doing a whole overhaul of the GT3 tire system. Um, so it's none of, the, none of the old setups are gonna be worth worth a dime when the new build comes out.
0: You know, some people laugh at um, some folks trying to get ready for Daytona and uh, time flies, man. I don't know about you guys, but I just remember laughing at September and we're already almost into December. And I kind of agree, I, if we're this close to a, a big event, I think we should have some information on it. I get the setups, we're gonna have this, we'll talk about later with the, with the GT cars, what's gonna happen. But um, if not a whole 2023 uh, schedule, I get it. They're probably still working out some details with some tracks and some events and
3: whatnot. But um, but yeah, Daytona needs to be announced pretty soon, I'd imagine. They don't want to announce it because they'd have to do all of the. You know, there's probably something because of the the build, and you gotta gotta just wait. There's nothing really. There's no need to. You know, you're a month. You're two months away from the Rolex at least, so. You know practicing now yeah it's going to get you somewhere but I everything mean, could change by then
1: well there's there's probably some build issues and maybe even some contractual issues that aren't aren't done yet all right they've got to get approval to run all of these cars and certain set, setups uh like with the new bmw coming in that still has to be approved by bmw once they put it in the system so um they can't announce it until they can legally announce it
4: they're 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 waiting for that wet stuff
2: yeah, I was gonna say there could be a weather up
0: too. Yeah, I think we may have predicted we'd get rain by Daytona, but who knows? Probably not gonna happen. Brian, you're driving I think, during rain.
1: I'd I'd think they would be teasing it. I don't think that's one they could hide.
2: I well, think kind of a little bit, right, earlier in the year when they were doing that uh, charity race. Um, they they had some videos of rain, um, so I don't know. Does that mean it's it's Still that far away that they're going to wait another build after this one?
1: Well, the podcast came out did it just a few days ago, and they're, they're expecting to make an announcement within the week. So it, it, it's, you know, I know it's still the early December, and I know some people like to practice. If, if you really want to practice for the sports car racing, they're at this week, where are they? Um, ESS is at Sebring. Uh, Emola, I think, is, is there. Go run those tracks and just, get, and just continue to get experience running multi class racing. It doesn't have you're going to gain just as much from that instead of turning a bunch of solo laps at, at Daytona. Well, we only got
4: one little over a week for the new build. We're in week We're 11.
1: We'll see. Yeah, it won't be that long, will it? All right. Well, speaking of new builds, and we just already talked about one repave. We got another repave going on. It looks like on the IndyCar website, they're showing the progress on the Road America repave. Uh, have you had a look at this one, Brian?
2: Uh, yeah, I just took a brief look at it. Um, I wasn't. I didn't even know uh, Road America was due for a repave, but uh, but yeah, looks like it's getting it. Um, so, the Road America doesn't really go into stock cars. So it's not something I really play around with, but, um, I don't even know, know if I have it on my service actually, but yeah, it always brings up the question, you know, how soon, how soon can we get it updated on the service?
0: I'm curious, I just ran
2: this track, uh, last
0: week with the BMW. i at the top of the hill of this picture here behind the blue Corvettes under the Corvette sign. It's kind of bumpy, but, um, I maybe just the tracks getting bad in some spots, but I didn't feel like it was, um, a terrible track to run on surface wise.
3: The Wisconsin winters are destroying the asphalt?
2: No,
0: they got to put that protective layer over it.
3: Protective layer or cheese curds.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I'm sure, sure we'll have to get out there and scan that one as well. But, um, yeah. Well, they're saying fast laps for 2023. I wonder if that's going to have any issues with their racing quality when they get back out there. But they have their heavy braking zones, which always
3: helps for passing. The GT always puts on the GT and the... Uh, endurance race is always put on a good race there, but you know, IndyCar is more follow the leader nowadays, anyways, and all that stuff. And we're not going there in the Cup series, right? Not anymore. They ran there last year, but or not last year, but the year before.
1: Last um, year, though, they last didn't two. run last year. The, the, the costumes just take too long. That's that's kind of the biggie. The costumes take so long.
4: yeah so usually the Xfinity series so is on a good race there, but yeah, the cautions are way too long.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just too big of a track for a NASCAR style race. All right, next up, we have a commercial, Donnie. Yeah, just taking a look at it. Um, my my um,
0: portion of the script is a replay of the highlights, but I did see the commercial earlier, and it just uh, looks like a quick overview iRacing put out of all the different um, cars they have, the tracks they have to offer, and a nice cinematic package, uh, great lighting, great graphics. Um, it's a good video to check out if you're interested in getting into the service or, um, you're new to it. But, um, for my video here, it's, um, a rehash of the highlights. So I don't get to see it right now, but I did watch it earlier.
1: Well, the commercial is a highlight reel sort of yeah, 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 no, had, uh, highlight the week
0: or my, at least on my end. It is
1: the title for me. It says iRacing racing virtual cars, real racing. And it's, it's more, it's, it's a lot of quick highlights instead of just the top five.
2: I like, I like that as a uh, as a little um, slogan, the virtual cars real racing, because, you know, that's what it is. I mean, the cars aren't really real, but the experience certainly is.
3: You know what I attribute to this video for, and I like this video for this fact is, um, you know, when you tell somebody you sim race or, you, you know, you do the thing, and you get that little chuckle from someone. It's like, that's what you do type thing. This is the video I would use to show them what this sim is about. This is, this is what you use to say, you know what, it's just not, it's not just a video game. It's, it's something more different than that. And they'll chuckle at you while they're watching some stream or shoot somebody in Call of Duty. Yeah, I mean, I, I take it for where it is. There's a 17-year-old kid at work that every time I talk about it, he's like, oh, yeah, and I'm like, you go back to your Fortnite and uh, don't even talk to me.
7: All right, well, in case you haven't heard, our primary sponsor is Sim Coaches. Uh, I personally drive them, and I know Kyle Pendergraf here with me does as well. And we just wanted to tell you a little bit about them. Uh, they're they're our favorite thing. It's been the biggest difference maker for me. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? What, what do you want to tell us about their build quality?
6: The build quality is beyond exceptional. It's all built aluminum, very well put together, very well thought out. Uh, they took their time on designing this for sure. Uh, I have yet to run into any kind of flaws with this thing, other than the fact that I can't put it in my real car.
7: Ain't that the truth? I, I, I almost like the, the comfort on them better than, than my other car, except my other car has Autopilot nowadays. Yeah, so they're they're great build quality, and the, and the other thing that, that came out after I bought my pair that has been really useful, especially switching between different cars, has been that the uh, Visor software
6: yes the visor software it's beyond anything i could expect out of any kind of software that these pedals could use Uh, you're uh, able to to adjust when the throttle engages or the brake or the clutch uh, how far the throw needs to be before it's fully engaged Uh, you can adjust the curve on it i mean it's all around just great you know what you can do to really not so much manipulate the car but manipulate your driving ability
7: I actually came up with a, a reverse curve for driving uh, in, on dirt. So, you know how you, you might want to kind of uh, a sudden spike at the end on a cup car so that you so that you're less likely to spin it. I found it easier to control my dirt car by making it spike up to about halfway and then giving me more control on the top end of the throttle instead. That way it was pretty neat.
6: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a game changer for sure. Um, better than some of the other ones out there that I've heard people talk about or have seen. So definitely get your hands on a set of SimCoach pedals. You're not gonna regret it.
7: Well, go to the website simcoaches.com and say hi to Lawrence. We have a promotion code, the best promotion code of anybody. You can get 10% off if you put in iRacer's Lounge. So go get your pedals today.
1: housekeeping notes go ahead and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find the podcast mention the podcast to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out we would definitely appreciate it check out our discord the link is on the website and we do have our new website up and running at irislands.com we are in regular rotation on pmnn the performance motorsports network with the scorpion radio group as well as the cinema racing channel, which has a new title, I think, what do they call it? Uh, I forgot. I rock TV, I think, right?
2: Yeah, that's it.
6: Living large or strapped for cash. It's all good at Metro Ford Chicago. Metro Ford delivers to you. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, we have over 160 vehicles in stock. Good credit, no credit, doesn't matter we offer ec financing and guaranteed credit approval visit emetroford.com or call the owner patrick milligan 773-983-3166 metro ford of chicago serving chicagoland and beyond for over 35 years
1: all right let's talk some hardware software we've got the cube controls list of black friday offerings what do you think donnie
0: yeah, so Cube Controls posted to their Twitter account. They got their four wheels, well, actually, three wheels and a quick release system. Uh, the new CSX3 is 5% off. The uh, Formula Pro wheel without the screen, I believe that's the one Mike has, that is 12% off. Um, looks like their normal GT wheel is uh, 16% off. And it says, it doesn't say when it carries through here on their post, but um, if you're looking for a new wheel, you're looking into cube controls, go ahead and check out their site and you're going to get some decent deals.
1: We'll keep rolling through these deals pretty quick. It looks like Booster Nita put out a video talking about some of Fanatec's black Friday deals, Brian.
2: Yeah. Fanatec actually had a big uh, list of things that are on sale this year. Um, I remember last year, Fanatec was really slim with what they put out, but this year they're going deep into uh, black Friday. Uh, for example, um, the club sport pedals, the V three inverted, uh are thirty three percent off. They're actually the same price as what the normal V threes are, three ninety nine. They're normally five ninety nine. That's two hundred bucks off that. That's a good deal. Um, the regular club sports are a hundred dollars off, two ninety nine, three ninety or three ninety nine to two ninety nine. Uh there's twenty percent off of their uh, Podium wheelbase CD2 uh, that's going for eleven ninety nine when it's normally fourteen, so that's a three hundred dollars savings there. Um, lot, lots of other stuff: the boost kit for the uh, CSL DD to go from the five newt meter to the um, to the eight newt meter that's on sale at thirty percent off. Um, so if you have Fanatec stuff or you're looking to get into Fanatec definitely check it out. These prices are really good this year, and they span a lot of products.
0: I wonder if they're doing this in a kind of uh, counter to Ace Tech and Moza coming on the scene and, and taking some of their, their mid-range uh, market away.
4: Well, it's their 25-year uh, anniversary, too, so that's one of the reasons why they're doing a lot of stuff.
1: More competition, yeah, though, is always a, always a good sign for prices. So. Yep. So I see this next uh, headline, and I, I, I just keep – I can't not think about the, the discussion we had yesterday about man caves, but we'll just, we'll just notice that there's no certain poster hanging in this particular man cave as we talk about Tony, Tony Kanaan in this same game room. So have you looked at this one over Greg?
3: Yeah. Um, I can't really, I haven't really seen the whole thing and I can't play it cause it doesn't have a volume button. Um, I'm trying to put it on mute here, but uh Dave, if you want to describe it, because I can't really play it without uh, destroying the, view or the viewer's uh, ears. I know it's destroying my ears.
1: Yeah, I, I don't have headphones on my iPad either. At a glance, it's, he's got quad monitors, uh, Sparco seat, standard 8020 rig, uh, a lot of lighting in the back is probably coming from the computer. He's got his racing cues sitting behind the system. Um, is that a mirror next to the
3: hanging off the top monitor? There's more Sorry, I'm i finally got it to work where it's muted, but there's more um there's more monitors in that room than there is wall.
0: And he's rivaling Bobby's setup here with all the monitors. Hey, that mirror, I, I'm thinking, David, is a great idea because there's he might be in the same position i am where the door's behind your left shoulder and there's times people will walk up behind me in my house and Kids. not on there, on purpose but startle you and you don't want it to but that mirror would be for great for detecting anybody coming in
4: you know that's actually a good idea because I, I moved my rings, so, my my rig so my back's facing the, the the
3: doorway for the living room what are you afraid your bird's gonna come and get you yep
0: I've counted three GSI uh, wheels. He actually has um, a GSI line uh, with a Tony Canon edition. Also, a, a, an eighty-twenty. I don't know what company sells it though. But you could buy a Tony Canon colored uh, rig. I like seeing somebody of his level and stature in, in auto racing. Uh, re, not retire, but you know he's he's almost there. And get into it as heavy as he is. He does, he's not just doing it to to be on social media or whatever, but it looks like he really enjoys uh, sim racing, even though he raced his entire life. Okay, so
3: I'm, I want to I want to put this out. So he has the sim rig CPU and all this setup up there. Then he has, it looks like another gaming social area. And then he has the office set up. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting what he's got in this room for a 360 view. I like it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely full-on setup. He runs a lot. He doesn't, I haven't seen him much lately. The last year or two, of, he would run a lot of actual IMSA races and, and, other, and other multi-class racing. He'd run, he'd run the sports car division, which was the only way I could pass him since I was running
3: the LMP car. He must like the MCU uh, if he's got uh, all these Marvel characters in it too, right? <laughs> At least he doesn't have a Zacron poster.
1: I wonder though if he agrees with everybody else who doesn't seem to want to buy the USGF USG Force RTX 4080. What we've got is uh, that consumers are balking at Nvidia's GeForce that's priced at basically twelve hundred bucks in the U.S. market. So, what's the real
0: big difference between the forty ninety and forty eighty? The money spent. I guess I don't. I don't know.
3: I'm not a huge guy on how what the performance of those are. So I couldn't tell you.
1: doesn't even really go into that much detail in the in the article. It just says pe- people just aren't buying them. Um it's a that's a relatively cheap price for for the new 40s series, right? Yeah you can survive on iRacing with
0: that card, I imagine, but uh I don't know, maybe um I think the 4090s what, 15, 16, 1700, and maybe the performance isn't worth the, the $600, I don't know, drop in price. Is it?
3: Isn't those cards, those cards are pretty big cards too, aren't they? Isn't it like it's hard to, like you got to have a certain setup just to even get the card in a case. Well, there's
1: been a few things happen with the 4080 series or the 4,000 series right from the fire issues to NVIDIA, basically uh, having a falling out with VGA, EBGA, it basically has run them out of the business. Uh, so who knows? Maybe it's almost uh, politics going and in, kicking into things. That plus how hard the cards were to get when, when crypto mining was was basically running all the prices up. It could just be like people aren't ready to uh, dive into the new cards yet. Add to that, the 30, the 3000 series prices are all tanking now that the 4000s are out and that they may
3: just still be strong enough for what some people need. That annoys me, but it is what it is.
4: Apparently, the 4080 is 30% slower than a 4090. So it's like a 3080.
1: That's a pretty, pretty big drop, but it's also roughly uh, 50% cheaper.
4: Yeah. Maybe it's half the size, too.
1: All right. This one's going to be interesting. Uh, it looks like Gary over at Sim Racing Garage has gotten around to reviewing the Thrustmaster Ferrari.
2: Brian Yeah, I watched uh the, his um final analysis of it um and, and uh you know basically he was he was happy with it for the price. Um it w- it was uh it did have a little bit of plastic feel on the buttons. You know, some of the uh the turn knobs didn't feel as uh strong and clicky as uh he might have liked. Um the ro- rotary knobs were not quite as nice. Uh he did notice. he did say that uh even though it's got the two separate paddle shifters, you can't program the the paddle shifters for clutching. So I thought that was kind of interesting. He said maybe it'd be something they can adjust in future uh, software updates. Um, But overall, um, you know, it it does resemble the the Ferrari wheel that they're trying to emulate in this, uh, you know, in this thing base. And, you know, for the price, he thought they did a pretty good job of uh, recreating this wheel. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, I think his general opinion was that it's a it's a decent wheel um, and uh, worth it for for um, for the price of it. You know, there's there's lots of more expensive wheels that you can definitely get that uh, uh, are a lot more a uh, lot better, but for the prices, he thinks this is a solid purchase.
1: And then staying in the lane of what we usually consider our e, uh, our entry level pedal or hardware. Carl Gosling has also taken a look at the Logitech G Pro pedals, Donnie.
0: Yeah, so Carl Gosling, uh, my now number two favorite reviewer on YouTube, uh, reviewed the Logitech G Pro pedals, and I don't know if we've had a lot of videos, I know we had a lot of videos on this pedal set coming out, but not any reviews, so um, I kind of like this guy I've mentioned in the last couple weeks, but... Um, he did say it's a to step up, obviously for the regular Logitech line. Obviously, it should be. It's going to be priced at a higher price point. It's new to them. Um, he did say the the software was not a whole lot to you know wasn't um, that exciting. And he said he would would hope the wishes the brake pedal could be a little bit harder, but but for what it is, he um, is what it is. But. Uh, this is our first one. I think we're going to get a couple more in the next few weeks on this uh, pedal set as they start to hit the market and more of uh, your reviews get their hands on them. I think the set's $4.99. I can't recall from a couple weeks back. It's either $3.99 or $4.99 for the pedal set. Are they load cell? Oh, yeah, they're load cell pedals. And and even with that, um, this is another thing about this guy, because now, now I remember some other uh, reviews. Everybody seemed to like the brake pedal and give good uh good feedback upon it but uh he's very honest about it he he wishes it could be uh firmer um but yeah no it's a load sub pedal
2: he um he uh said that they were really good consoles which um, makes me think that they're you know not quite up to the standard of like a serious and racer but good for consoles type of thing
0: yeah they do look a little bigger, like you can actually put your feet on them and and use them pretty well compared to the the logitech you can get right now. but um yeah
1: Any brake pedal where you have to control how far you push your foot instead of how hard you push your foot it's it's you're just not going to have as much success and it'll actually I remember my V3s my knee would hurt after some road courses because I was having to kind of float when my live was while, while I was trail breaking. Of being able to just only push a certain harness, and we've got one more reviewer kind of thing, Brian. Right. Uh, we've got a Bozo Racing wheel unboxing. The first thing I notice is I glance at the videos; it comes with a lot of stickers.
3: You got Robot David.
5: You want to pick it up? Oh, I'm a robot.
3: Yeah,
4: you're gurgling.
5: Bikini bottom over here.
4: Gurgle, 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 gurgle.
5: Well, I hope the ship the show don't go down like the ship, like David did. Now, did anybody watch
0: this uh, video on the Mozo wheel?
2: I uh, kind of had it on the background while I was uh, doing something else. It's just an unboxing, so it doesn't really give a whole lot of information about how well it uses it. But um, you know, it just goes, uh, it just does a, a a rundown of of him unboxing it and showing it, showing off the features as he's pulling it out and checking it out. Um, so that's that's the, what I got from the video.
4: Why does it take you five minutes to unbox it? Unbox
3: something
0: because you spend a lot of money on it
3: because uh, it gets <laughs> you uh, the amount of time that you're on there it pays you more if you're on people watch it longer. It is a nice looking wheel. Um, I do like, I do like the design of it. Um, I, I find I find they just the more buttons they keep adding to these rims, the more it just seems clogged up of things to do, right?
2: Yeah especially if you're in VR and you have to try to memorize where all these buttons are located and you're switching maybe from one reel to the next, you know, if if this is your everyday wheel, you'd never use anything else. It's one thing, but if you pop this off and put on a oval rim, that's got different buttons in different locations and your mind just goes crazy when you can't see what you're doing. Do
1: I sound better now? Yeah, we got you. All right. Yeah. Yeah, this is about the same number of buttons you see on all the other wheels. You, if you're dealing with Formula wheels and you're actually applying the traction settings and, and other adjust in car adjustables, you want those knobs. Um, and you can get away with, uh, you know, that button flashing and, and boost, turning on, off, and on the boost, pissing So there's a lot of a lot of things you can put those buttons to use for.
3: Um, Add that the button box and I still have almost everything programmed to something. It's good now, I guess. For a minute. <laughs> is it still messing up? Mm.
2: It's like every
3: couple words.
2: Well, I think uh we ought to go to the next uh item up for bids. And this is a grid by Synlab. Um Donnie have you checked this out yet?
0: Yeah, just checking it out now. It's uh it's a 295 millimeter um a wheel formula wheel looks like it'll have a screen on it they're calling it the grid mpx wheel uh they'll have two seven-way funky switches uh nine uh, custom encoders they'll have adjustable shifters and clutches 100 plus telemetry controllable leds uh carbon and aluminum throughout the construction and pre-orders will start in the next few weeks and i went to the website with the link below and i don't see it on there quite yet
3: what a weird so the, is this is this link here is showing the facebook thing of I it mean, it's such a weird post for the facebook page it is weird that's why i
0: thought i had an error on my side but it is the post but um it's crazy yeah it looks i mean you can kind of tell what the wheel is going to look like with their little outline in there it looks it looks decent it's going to have the smooth rubber type grips on the sides and there, this is the company this is a SimLab company that has that 2500 hundred dollar porsche wheel that I think is the most uh, is the highest priced one in the the hobby space that we've come across with that Porsche license most likely, but I'm pretty sure they make pretty decent wheels. Um, this one looks pretty good.
2: Yeah, it's hard to tell if this has an LED screen on it, like a lot of the newer ones do. Uh, from this picture, um, I don't think it's it doesn't really say it in the list of uh, in the list of features. But yeah, it, we'll it see. It
0: doesn't. It doesn't say it. Um, But I'm trying to think of that. Ah, you're right. I mean, that black void. I don't think it does have it. enough room. I think it's going to come down kind of like Mike's uh, Formula Pro Cube Controls wheel where it kind of comes down on top.
3: I would think that if I was going to make an outline silhouette here, I would kind of have that silhouette part of it, too, if it was actually going to have it. Yeah, and I think you guys are right because this is their the only other
0: steering wheel they have on their site is the Porsche wheel, and this could be their their cheaper option
3: without the screen. I remember when we were just talking about buttons on steering wheels, and now it's like we're scrutinizing <laughs> screens and what they got or don't have.
2: It's crazy. It's it's insane. There's so many really cool uh, oh, formula wheels out there on the market. It's it's hard to keep track of them all. to Be honest with you. But there's so many nice ones out there. It's it, it's just amazing how far how far this hobby has come with with products that are really high end for a niche market, you know. So it's it's really amazing where 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 this uh this whole market has uh, evolved to.
3: Speaking of that, Brian, um, we're not going to get into too 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 much detail on this this week. Um, we'll have more for it next week as we get the details for it. But Sim Coaches did announce yesterday um their new sim wheel um wheels that they're i guess they're calling it sim wheels because they're going to have multiples over their span of i guess what they want to do here but um we'll have more information on it uh as we get some of it and some of the stuff's up to date but uh um we'll get into that next week
2: yeah i haven't seen um the video from Simcoaches yet, but I'm really excited to see it. Um, their video right now, their website site hasn't been fully updated with all the information on this wheel. So uh, next week we will have a full rundown of this thing, and I, I can't wait to see it.
0: Y'all be seeing Lawrence Saturday, so I'm curious if he has anything more to say about the wheel. I'm curious if he actually has one built because the pictures look too good to be a render. Um, so I'm curious if he has one on hand to look at
1: and didn't you get to actually test this on site
0: no he hasn't had it he hasn't had it put together since on the few occasions i've been there but um the thing he told me about about a month ago was that i don't know if you guys watched the video but his his thing is uh, none of the other wheels use usb usb 3.0 and he says that's going to be the thing that changes how the wheels perform and the power that they use because uh, I guess those wheels take a lot of power to run, and the USB 2.0 um, chips uh, aren't strong enough; don't have enough amperage to to run the wheels. That's why they're having problems with them. But so he's hoping that's their fix, and that's they're ahead of the game on that that part. But yeah, I like the look of the wheel. Wheel looks good. Comes with a huge package. Um, if you guys uh, purchased it yesterday, huge package comes with a box. You can put your wheel in. Uh, some sweatshirts, some T-shirts, uh, some racing gloves with your name on it. Uh, sweatshirt will come with your name on it, your country of origin, uh, whatever number you want.
1: You know, I, I'm not in the need for a new formula wheel, but my oval wheel is pretty, uh, pretty beat up. So, uh, if he starts testing one of those, I'm going to try to, to get in the frame into that. You know, what, I, my signal is better now. Yeah, yeah, we're good. What
0: I was thinking for oval wheels, we don't really have you know, you have the button for you know, talking to Team Speaker, or Discord, or Driver Chat. there's not a whole lot. Uh, they can do with an oval wheel, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Donnie. Uh, you can't you can't get all those bells and whistles on there that, that are functional and useful on an oval wheel you know, car itself. I You back. can do it for different...
0: So when I was at that SRX event a couple weeks ago, I looked inside. So their main series is, it's electric. They're electric um, rally cars. And I looked in and sure enough, it's a 14-inch wheel, deep dish wheel, oval wheel. And it could have been the same damn wheel I, I run on my rig now, and it did have a screen on it. They had it mounted with like a button plate behind it. Um, now I can't remember if I saw paddles or not. I will have to look at my pictures. But um,
1: yeah, my oval rim has a lot of buttons on it because it's actually a Porsche rim, but it's round. Um, and it, I, had, it was the one I originally had ordered to be my only rim, and then I got the formula rim because of the back order with
3: with the direct drive. Um, is it deep dish? But, it is 13 inch, not 14 inch. No, he's talking about the end. In- no, it's not a deep dish. It'll be, it's a flat wheel.
0: Okay. So yeah, this is so like my oval wheel I run on is a, it's a deep dish, a uh, typical stock car oval, but the, and I, and the the rally cars had that. They had a 14 inch deep dish uh, wheel, which kind of surprised me. I wouldn't think they would run that kind of wheel inside the car, but they also had a mounted to a button plate with a little bit of a screen. The screen was just more for uh, RPMs and shift. Shift indicator, but I was surprised, and they probably had about eight buttons within that plate as well. So, yeah, I don't know, maybe there is an option for getting a decent oval wheel out there or something that my Xbox
3: attachment to my oval, my 15 inch oval NASCAR rim. Um, but the one thing I haven't seen for the, I mean, obviously, the roadside is a lot where all the LCD screens and stuff have been added in. Um, I'm really surprised they haven't come up with a dash mount um, that kind of resembles the stock car's dashes nowadays to to attach to some of these wheelbases um, for racing. I mean, it's kind of just a, an additional thing. I mean, a lot of people use like uh, third-party things like an iPad and stuff like that to create kind of dash like that. But uh, I find that the oval side obviously doesn't need a lot of LCD screens and stuff like that because that's not what they do. Um, but I'm just really surprised we haven't done the dash of like someone hasn't created the NASCAR dash.
1: Alright, let's go ahead and jump to results and we're going to kind of try to jump through the regular results so we can kind of talk about year review pretty quickly so we'll start with the uh, winter i-series racing um and it looks i think it's mostly mike is the only one running it um he wrecked out on friday started 24th out of 29 got up to about 16th and and then on lot 44. there was a caution in front of me and i couldn't miss it and it had over four minutes of damage the wheel steering was messed up and so he parked it then on Saturday, he ran the P7 on the fixed setup. He ran 20th from the beginning, moved up um, to around 10th for most of the race, getting up his highest second. Finally, he got involved in the big wreck with about 60 to go, five minutes of damage, and then just brought it home from there. So P7 with that much damage is not bad. And then on the fourth, or on the Sunday fix he got P4. First, he ran in too hard, ran off the tires, then faded really hard. Um, and fell all the way back to dead last. He hung in there, got the lucky dog, and on a caution, trying to be more careful in the tires going forward, he steadily worked his way tor- forwards and ran the top five near the end as I would hold on to his positions.
0: Yeah, I've been running with them uh, the first three weeks for the NIS. Um, I can't remember if we went over last week's results or not, but I'll just talk about this week's. We were at Darlington for the women NIS. NIS. Uh, qualified 10, finished 13th. Probably would have finished about 8 or 9th, but I somehow got a black flag with like two restarts to go for passing under yellow. The single file, one of the guys in front of me went low and I passed him on the right. That can't have been what it was for, but I got it for some reason. But yeah, Mike was having issues in that race. He was over, over driving the car. He spun out a few times, but uh, I don't know if you guys have ran this series in a while, but there's an issue with the pacing and I noticed it um, at Daytona, actually at Bristol. There's, there's an issue with the pacing and keeping up with the pace car. And if you're not balls to the wall and the pace laps catching up it's a, it creates a problem you can't even pit to get tires on some occasions or just go a lap down uh so i don't know what the issue is with that some guys are just lagging behind they're not they're not hustling and trying to get up to the pace car but i
1: don't know it takes longer in the car heck yeah it's, it's 20 seconds second
7: stop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah but i'm uh, mad it's been it's been great so far the the car's fun uh darlington was basically survival for the most part
1: Yeah, he says he wrecked out on the Wednesday open and uh, on Thursday fixed he got a P-15. Now, I didn't get to put it in on the document, but I did pick up a win at Sebring in the uh, 919 this week in a a couple of second places. It looks like Mike did run the USF 2000 at Watkins Glen, qualified 11th out of 15 and got up to P-7. Um, And the rest of it what does it say at the end of lap one for myself? I, what is he's there? He just, I, it's not intelligible. Um, he also ran the Ferrari Challenge at Sebring, started P eight out of sixteen, and finished P seven. It's bad when you can't even make it up to
0: make it sound good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did, does that make sense to you? I'm, I'm looking at it and I, I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm good at improvising, but I just I can't understand what he's saying there.
2: <laughs> don't even know where to go. Hey, where'd
0: the script go? Did it disappear somewhere? The the race results
1: uh, document we use. No, it's still there. You have to have it. It, it's recently, it was recently linked because he, Mike had to link it for me so I could use it here it just on location.
0: Up. I don't know what to do. It just showed up. I got it now.
1: So not a whole lot of, you know, it's off season, so there's less less official racing going on. I'm, I basically play around in the in the sports cars. But we did get to run the Winter League again, and um, I was able to be back uh, to premiere this season. Um, and it was an interesting race, tough setup. Uh, we'll start with Mike's results. Donnie, go ahead and read his off.
0: Yeah, Mike finished P23. Uh, he said, unbelievable, I didn't wreck. He was super loose on old tires, into two. He was doing okay, about fifteen to 20th. When he pitted under green, then the caution came out, took the wave around, but never got a later caution, so had to pit again under green, so got what he deserved. So he ended up finishing uh, P-23.
1: Ironically, he did sort of cause my wreck, which I'll get into in a second. Adam wrecked out. I got to see that one. It was just a guy that lost it right in front of him, and there was no room for Adam to go. Yeah. Uh, Steven was... Oh, I'm sorry. Go here. Yeah, I
5: was on the top, and... uh... There's a car in the middle and there was a guy in the bottom and the guy on the bottom dove it in and spooked the guy in the middle and the guy in the middle freaked out and shot right and caught me in the left run and slammed me in the fence. Oh, so, <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah, Steve Thompson was pretty much the dominant of our, our teammates for the for most of the car most of the run, but the way the cautions fell, he got caught really unlucky and then and then I think at that point got wrecked out and ended up finishing uh P29, Stevie Lou Allen, um, not not many details, P16. Greg, you were higher than P15, you were P12.
3: Yeah, I just changed it to P12 because I finished right in front of you, did I not? Yeah. Yeah, so um, the race was kind of interesting because we had, I want to say, was it two 60 lap runs there at the end with a caution in the middle that fell in green flag pit stops? Uh, For some that were running it long, and then some that were kind of short pitting it, um, it kind of threw the strategy off, and that's where Steve Thompson got um, thrown off, because he went down, he had to pit a little bit, I think two laps earlier than we were going to have to, or a couple laps earlier, and then that threw everything off because the caution came out. We were able to get around and pit under caution. Um, They had to do the wave round with old tires, and they still weren't going to be able to make it on fuel as well. So. Um, once again, I think uh, you'll talk about it too, but me and you saving fuel and, and, and saving the car but, um, helped a lot. But that race was so much fun um, for the fact of seeing how well you could race the other, other guys that were trying to save tires at the same time you were too. You could see the comers and goers uh, with people who wore out their tires. But that was one of the slickest tracks I've ever raced on at Texas. Um, I don't like Texas, I hate Texas, uh, especially in the new configuration and that race was really enjoyable for me.
1: Yeah, so what happened is the costume that that I was involved in actually put us like right on the edge of a window and I in fact, since I had already lost all the track position even though my car wasn't damaged, um, I went ahead and topped off so I was going to be able to make it in one stop but with what happened is there was a lot of guys who simply had to take two stops. So we were in the middle of the green flag stops. I still had about six or seven laps left before I had to pit when the caution came out. And at first, first, I was pretty upset because I thought it wasn't gonna work out very well for me. Um, so it was almost a catastrophe because right as um, a car was getting a good run on me, Mike was right in front of me and I was just gonna tag T- tag behind him, and was pretty sure the guy the guy f- was on the inside was going to have a clean run. But Mike got loose, and I had to duck under him to avoid him. And the other guy couldn't see that see that Mike got loose, and it, as a result, came up and turn came up into the to the normal inside line and turned me. No damage. No, it was it was no fault. It was you know he had no chance to react. Um, so I restarted 30. I topped the fuel off right, in, right on the edge. If we stayed green, I would have been golden because I, I only think probably five or 10 guys could have made it on fuel at that point. But the caution did fall right as a lot of people would fit, but they had to run on old tires. And I restarted in 15th and held on to come in like the 13th. Well, yeah, it was a slick track. It took a lot of, and it took a lot of, you had to really drive the car with the throttle.
3: Well, and that caution threw it off because those guys that did have to take tires still had to pit again even if the race was because the grace went green and they still had to make another pit stop so you got a couple guys that ended up laps down that were like up in the front of the field that never really um that were well, going to be they, like going for the win they had to take the wave around they couldn't get their tires so they
1: they had to they had to go ahead and take the wave around yeah and then they still and, and run on fuel. old tires yeah and and on top of that they were short so yeah it it, it turned out really unlucky for a lot of other guys. All right, then we got one more result. Uh, OBRL Cup, Brian.
2: Yeah, so this is OBRL Cup race Sunday evening at um, Chicagoland. So um, I actually started um p14 i thought i didn't qualify but i did i started p14 i was uh doing fairly well um was moved up into the top 10 um and uh the race was staying pretty well green after a real early caution on lap two or three stayed green for a long time had some uh green flag uh pit stops um we had uh a full field of 41 cars again, second week in a row with 41 cars, and uh, wound up getting into a little bit of a, f- a fender bender with uh, like about 10 laps to go. Um, we were, um, I was, uh, we were going too wide down the back stretch. Me and another car. There was a there was a slow lap car that was running the wall, and um, I dipped down because i didn't want to use that car to pick the guy who was on my outside i didn't want to use him as that car as a pick so i I moved down to give him a lane to go around the lap car and he wound up making contact anyway and uh hit me in the side i wound up having like 13 seconds of uh, required repairs i got the meatball so i got uh 13 seconds of required and got that fixed and as much of the optional damage as i could to stay on the lead lap and cut back out there and uh still Uh, There wasn't a whole lot of cars on the lead lap at that point, so I still wound up managing to work my way up to 12th on the restart. Not, Not too bad.
1: All right. So we would like to traditionally talk about our years and we'll kick it off. We'll just kind of go alphabetical. Adam, feel free to, uh, you did some online racing, but you really are kind of our real life racer tags along. So feel free to chime in on all all of those results too, because we've seen a lot of really neat pictures this year from, from some really large trophies that you've gotten to add to your room.
5: Yeah, really large uh, four-foot trophies, and um, ran, what, 27 races this year between two carts on dirt and asphalt. Uh, Got an opportunity to run at Oxford in a front-wheel drive car. Um, Ended up winning one on asphalt, and um, really, I had a chance for a championship, and it kind of just kind of fell apart after I won that race. Um, Then, once the asphalt season was done, I said, let's go run the last dirt race, and we went out and won that which was surprising because I raced for a year on dirt and was not very good. And then uh, two weeks ago, I met Freddie Kraft, and he was feeding me fireball shots, so that was neat. And um, I think I came away this year with like 10 or 12 trophies, and in three-point series, I got third, third, and fourth and the one I was close enough to win a championship in actually fell back to fourth in, which is the series I did the worst in. And um, my buddy ended up barrel rolling down the backstretch and beating me in points, and I haven't heard the end of it yet. Yeah. What um, about okay, on the online side? Online, this has probably been my worst year. <laughs> I, went, I went from 2018 winning 140 races a year to I won a total of eight this whole year. Um, but I'm um, going indoor racing in two months in January. So that'll be neat. I think Ryan Priest will be there and a few other people. So hopefully, I don't look like a fool. Mike, well, yep.
1: Yeah, it's working. You're definitely going to have to let uh, Freddie know we exist. <laughs> Even though TJ is really the guy who does more sim racing over on that show. More yeah, than, than, than Freddie does. I've
5: gotten to race with TJ on track a few times. Oh, I oh, also ran into challenges. Um, who is it? Who's, who's the brother? Uh, who's on do it, Dirty Mo? Bob Dillner or Matt?
2: Matt is on. Yeah, I ran Matt Dillner, the
5: into, producer. I ran into Matt in the same Applebee's as the same night as Freddie. That was cool. But um, hopefully uh, we can win some more races on here next year. Cause I've, uh, I think I kind of hit my peak on here.
2: <laughs> All right, Brian, what else did you do this year? Uh, so, as far as... um. I'll I'll go over my uh, equipment first. I really didn't do a whole lot of upgrades this year. Um, The only new product I bought was um, an iFlag and uh, installed that, it works really cool. Um, I got that on an Etsy store. Um, I got a new computer though, so uh, maybe that's why I didn't buy anything else because that that sent me back quite a few. Um, So I got the computer upgrade, got that, and then I uh, wound up installing a, a monitor. In front of my uh, racing wheel, because I didn't my my um, monitor that I used was actually on a wall that was probably about eight feet away from where I sat, you know, which was fine for setting up races and stuff like that. But you know, it was a uh, it could be a little annoying, and if I had an issue with my headset, I couldn't switch to a monitor because it was impossible to race. Uh, that far away from it so I wound up uh, custom making custom making a, um, a bracket out of um, some angle iron attached to my 8020 so now I have a, you know it's a 42 inch screen it sits right in front of me right past my uh, wheel so if I needed to switch take get out of my uh, headset and uh, race with that I could do that so um, and I just a TV monitor I didn't really I had one laying around that uh, the kids stopped using so I didn't wind up buying an expensive monitor or anything like like that you know i know it's not the best thing for image clarity and refresh rates to use a tv but that's not really why i use it i just use it to set up set up the things for my vr so um, that worked out really well so as far as uh, hardware that's all i did this year um you know i did uh did have some a lot more i did miss a lot more racing this year mostly just because a new job that i had that that uh took a little while to get accustomed to and and get my time set settled so i could uh really uh work on um getting settled in but i think i'm in a good place now with my job so i can uh i can get back into the into the rig a little bit more and i have been doing that and uh look forward to next season looking forward to daytona 24 which is always a blast and uh and don't forget everybody out there that um December first is when the iRacing um, Black Friday discount ends, so you still got like another week to get that discount if you haven't gotten it yet.
1: All right, new team member Donnie, it's been an exciting year for you as coming on as an addition to the uh, team. Uh, how about your year with probably before you came on in after? Yeah,
0: so this year would have been uh, my second full-time year on the service, uh, being a COVID baby and all. Uh, my plan was to run all uh, of the Xfinity series moving to cut next year. I did run a portion of the IndyCar, uh, iRacing series, which are their half length or full length races. I can't recall. They follow the real schedule. Um, that's all I was doing up until June. I answered the call you guys put out. I think Mike did in one of the podcasts. Um, and then after that it was on the show. There was no like downtime at all from the time you put the post out to the time I, I responded next week I was on the show. So I think that was June or July. I can't remember. We weren't desperate at all. <laughs> so, um,
2: not
0: at all. And I and I had this crazy, crazy roadmap going of I'm gonna have an updated rig by next February 2023. Then start of NIS. I was gonna get myself into a new rig. Everything was gonna be updated. And um, I don't know. Like I bought the pedals way before I wanted to, but i ended up buying them. I didn't have a rig to put them on, so I built this wood contraption that actually worked. It blew Lawrence's mind that I could get no flex out of wood and PVC with his pedals. Um, Yeah, so I got the pedals, I got the ASR6 rig, um, purchased a semi-cube wheel not too long ago, last month. Um, There's another purchase that was made yesterday that I don't know if I've told anybody about yet, but um, and hopefully I get the, and Lauren starts working on the sequential shifter uh, next year, but other than that, it's been great. I've been uh, enjoying the podcast. I hope I can help out more. Work has been crazy. Um, Very unpredictable for me. I'm a part of a couple different teams at my job that sometimes they call me out. That's why I was missed on Monday. Uh, Monday's just going to be super hard to make that uh, Winter League uh, for me. Leagues in general, just devoting that one time and a day of the week to to hit. But that's been great. Um, It's been great. I hope to run the 24 with you guys uh, in the next coming months and uh, full NIS season next year.
3: Did, did anybody notice with Donnie there that when he's tried to say he spent money there, he got a little quiet, like somebody might be listening? Okay, so I'm
0: I'm heading to Vegas tomorrow morning with the wife. It's our 20 year uh, dating anniversary, and I'm picking up some monitor mounts, and she thinks I'm only going for that. So I'm like, nah, we'll take you to a show," but I kind of planned it right, so I'm picking up the Simcoach's monitor mounts tomorrow, and um, so yeah, I, I the the, the the building of this has gone much quicker than I thought it would.
3: So this is the proper compromise of, of working on your man cave, right?
1: You take her to a show in Vegas where you get to pick up your equipment, but you probably don't have to put a certain poster up in your uh, no, man cave. There is not one. Well, I did have a plant here. You
0: guys might yeah, have a last week. That was babysitting. No, that's gone now. We have, hey, you know, plants are okay. But yeah, I guess they give me oxygen and whatnot. But um, there's a... Uh, Close to a thousand action figures over here to my left. Uh, and then behind me is all my comic books. And uh, so there's nothing of anybody else's in this room, but that end, that's all I get. Yeah, that's all I get. My diecast are over my right shoulder, I only do the 164s. And then Airsoft's behind me in the closet. Um, so yeah, when the kids move out, then I'll expand, I'll bring the Legos down from the attic and get my Lego room back. But uh, yeah, so it's not really a man cave. I don't come in here and hang out. I only come in here to, to race and stare at my expense for the freaking wall of plastic over there. But, uh, yeah, no uh, no outside sources in here.
1: Well, that was basically the, the argument we were having for a couple of days there. And is uh, is it still a man cave if it's been overtaken?
7: Not at by all. Non-man cave items. Not at all.
5: I'm off to go around the winter derby. I'll catch you guys later. All right, so good, good luck. luck, man. See ya. Good luck.
2: That's in one minute. Yep, no practice. <laughs> Doing style. <laughs> i guess i won't be number nine win number nine for the year probably then.
0: that super late model car is actually pretty damn fun to run it's got a lot
1: of power and he also does have a lot of experience in it so i mean you know we make fun of mike too but he has a lot of
3: experience in the cup car as well so he he, he has uh and most of his majority of wins on iRacing are from that uh, super late model. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, Greg, what are the most of, the of your wins this year? <sighs> three three Cup Series wins, and that's probably all, all I got. I don't think I had anything else because I didn't spend a lot of time in road. Oh, I did a lot of league racing. I got some wins, so with um, the GT3 cars, but my year... I guess I can call this year the year of. Um, since we were talking about man caves, this is the year of my studio studio being made, where I can. Um, I haven't fully taken advantage of what I have wanted to do with it. It's been really hard for me to, to devote all my time to this hobby, um, but uh, I do have two separate systems now. I have my streaming slash studio setup, which I do the podcast on and and produce all this stuff from, and I got all my video editing and um, drawing tablets and all that stuff attached to the Studio Stream computer. And then I purposely in January went out and built a new PC, um, brand new SIM PC with uh, a 3080 Ti in it, uh, Ryzen 7 series I think is the CPU. Um, all the good stuff that I could to uh, um, get a, a great racing PC that I could be VR. And uh, I switched to triples for most of the year as well. Um, racing um, with a new ASR 4 uh, rig, uh, Advanced Sim Racings, uh, one of their, uh, it was such a delight to uh, to purchase from Advanced Sim Racings as well, since they are a Canadian based company, uh, they ship for free. Um, Obviously it was nice to be able to do in Canadian currency because of all the trying to do the stuff gets shipped from the States or somewhere else always sucks converting to Canadian with the dollar rate and everything. But um, doing all this stuff, getting it set up, uh, one of the best projects I undertook, probably one of the harder projects I undertook, um, but I would not go back um, to what I used to run. I was, uh, I love having triples. I love having the VR if I want to. it's great to have the seat. Um, what else have I added to it? Oh, I've done my own custom wind simulator on it, um, with the help of Kyle from our team, with him three D printing some of the fan mounts and uh, um, also the uh, directing for the fans for it. And he actually put a, put together the uh, the board for me. Um, yeah, it was it was a good year of. Uh, just a lot of upgrades externally from the, the Sim, um, didn't do a lot of I didn't get a lot of racing in the end of the year but uh, I'm looking forward to this off season, um, I really have the itch to run the road series in the off season and do a lot of GT racing or and probably uh, into the LMP2, maybe the LMP1 or whatever car they do add in here in the next couple of builds for hybrids type um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to running a bit more. I'm, I keep saying I'm gonna get my stream going, but uh, you know, at some point I will be running. But I just, I've lost a little bit of drive towards that. But uh, we'll see where it picks up into the new year and when I get time. This time of year is just so hard to do stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really excited for uh, what 2023 brings
1: i do know Sunday i'll be trying to run seabird you should come run the lmp one
3: there a couple of times i'll try
1: all right tony we, we did it's nice to have you sneak on here how you been and what, what have you been doing
4: oh a whole lot of nothing i think a lot of working um no oh, i i started out the year pretty damn strong with a with a daytona 500 win and uh Then Auto Club, I got a second. Vegas, I got a win. Uh, We won't talk about the the Spring Phoenix, but then I won at Atlanta. And then shoulder surgery happened, and then I started to dip a little bit, and then I finally got my fourth win at Pocono. Um, Looking at the stats here, I have 21 top top fives, uh, 11 podiums, and seven poles. Um, I think that's pretty much a banner year for me. I am tied with Mike with wins, but I think I got Mike with with I, I be I got the tiebreaker with with my twenty one top five. So, but other than that, that' has been a good year, and a little bit of frustrating year, and then then towards the end of the year, it kind of evened out a little bit with a with a, my best finish at Phoenix. Um, I did get a little bit of new hardware uh, last week. I got a new monitor stand uh, for my forty nine inch and. I bought a 27-inch monitor for up above, so I'm not using the desk that I've used for sim racing for the last 10 years. Um, that's actually kind of nice. Opened up the diner room a little bit, and yeah, it's gonna be a little used to to look up and see a monitor instead of looking to my left or my
1: right. All right, I guess that leaves me. Uh, Hardware-wise, I did get a new PC. Um, as well as a 3090 video card and a Reverb G2 I, I, at some point the Oculus just kept having too many tracking issues and once I got the, the, the new video card and everything running as well as the fixability and uh, rendering things are running great on it um, I love the Reverb G2 and how I can use JRT's visual spotter on top of the windshield and see right through it. And I've got a video on my YouTube channel showing how I have that set up and I filmed the whole race. Uh, and it's, uh, that, that's all running really great. Uh, don't remember if it was this year that I started using the Butt Kicker, not as well, but that's been a, that's been a huge addition as well. As far as the season, um, in some ways a milestone years, year, in some ways a little bit of a letdown. Um I didn't. I didn't get in the top ten in Division One this year. I fell to 14th. It it was a tougher year in some way, in some ways. Um, didn't do as well at some of the mile and a halfs, um, and just had had a lot of bad luck early. You know, I had that I had that run where I basically lost like 800 I rating uh, in in a matter of three or four weeks, and then we got it right back two weeks later. I threw. I, I'll never uh, live down throwing away that win at Bristol that um where I, I was almost lapping the whole field. Um but still still gotta be proud with, with two wins at Atlanta and Phoenix in in Division One racing against, you know, guys. Look but so the top five, Garrett Mays Noah Noah Bitts, Chris White, Joseph Piscotia, Piscodia and, and Jonathan O'Shlam. You know, those are good good racers. So um, when you get up in that top division, you have to you have to learn to take your moral victories when you're down in 14th. Right. I did
7: big milestone that I did hit was 150
1: wins uh, total when I took a win, and I believe the 150th was a road win, if, if, if I'm remembering correctly, or it might have been that Phoenix win uh, that ended up being 150. Um, so, been a fun year. Uh, hopefully I get off to a better start next year with, with NIS and I am looking forward to the 24.
4: Yes. I can't wait for the 24, uh, Donnie, you're going to
1: have fun. Let's get it. Yeah. Believe it or not, even though it's December, we're starting to at least sort of plan out who's going to run, what because somebody out run, somebody always ends up having to back out because real life gets in the way. So we want to make sure we have enough people committed that we basically almost have too many and can, and can get it rolling so uh we look forward to that going so that pretty much wraps up our our results segment for the year um so happy thanksgiving everybody and we'll, we'll finish up though with final thoughts and hopefully adam's race is going well but brian how, how about some final thoughts
2: um yeah just uh looking forward to another uh another off season um I uh, know i got a lot of practicing to do to get ready for Daytona. So I might start hopping on at least doing some taking your idea, Dave, and doing some uh, IMSA class races so I can get in some different uh, multi-class sessions and stuff like that. Uh, Other than that, uh, that's all I've been really working on. All right, Donnie. Yeah, not much uh, that I didn't say
0: earlier, but um, I did post that channel into the discord about race results. We did have some listeners give some feedback I'll talk with Mike as the weeks go on and see how we can incorporate that. But Cody Richardson, I believe you race with, uh, he posted some, uh, uh, race results. Uh, Ryan Carr while posted some race results and a, Ryan, David Flanagan, uh, had a really good week as well. So, uh, keep it up. It's good to have the listener feedback in there as well. Um, it's just fun to go back and forth and see who's doing what out there.
1: Yeah. That actually reminded me of a result last weekend we ran, uh, Lamont, six hours, and uh, probably could have won it. He, he ended up wrecking in the middle of one of the stints and causing about a minute of damage, and we still came back and finished third. And he also runs top split over
3: with me quite a bit.
1: Uh, Tony, final thoughts? Oh, uh, or, I no, I sk- I'm sorry. I skipped Greg.
3: Oh. Uh, yeah, go, Tony. I'll go last. I was gonna
4: All right, say it. Go, Tony. Let's see, I forgot a result. I did a carb cup a couple of days ago, and I got wrecked out. Uh, It was a Charlotte, you know how you start sideways? Yeah, I got wrecked there. That's my result. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait for um, NIS starting uh, next year. Um, Hopefully, we get to restart zones. Maybe we'll get a choose cone. That would be awesome. Well, maybe. Be hectic. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait. 24 is going to be awesome. Um, Brian, you got to get Tyler hyped up that was the MVP last year.
2: Yeah. He, I know he wants to do it again.
4: I think he ran more than any, any of us on the, on the, the, the fun team.
1: All right. Well, go ahead, Brian. I think you got one more.
2: No, no, I was just going to say, uh, Tony, I was just going to say, Tony was right. uh, Tyler really put in a lot of work that, that weekend.
1: And if we don't hear Tyler much on the show, or I don't know how much he's getting to race, but he is definitely active on, on giving us a better social
3: media presence. So definitely shout out to him for that. Gregory Hicks, final thoughts. Uh, here's a lesson to everybody. Don't uh, go back a year and look at, uh, what your high rating was. If you've had a bad season, cause, uh, <laughs> I'm, I just depressed myself by, uh, looking at uh, the beginning of 2022 and I had uh, only a hundred I rating more at 20 than I do right now, which really, really depresses me, which tells me I either am this type of driver and this is what I'm going to stay at, or I just had a bad year. So, but anyways, I look forward to uh, what's that this next year and uh, um, what what all we can do with uh, this podcast, with all our listeners, and uh, and what more there's to come. And so, with my
1: final thoughts, um, I've been meaning to say this for a while, but the, the highlight of the year really has been the addition of Steve and Donnie to the show. I think they've really uh, they, they come prepared, they know the stuff. They they've added so much depth and professionalism to the show that I think it's just been a great addition and I'm definitely glad to have you guys on here and uh, uh, I also love how Donnie has always hit me up with questions and, and taking my advice seriously so that, that, that as a teacher that is it actually makes you feel good when people come to you and ask you questions like that so great additions both of you guys and um it's just a salute again to the Podfather for keeping this show going. What are we approaching? We're in the three hundreds now, so we'll be hitting our fourth four hundredth show this, in this next three figures. Yeah. So uh, here's to another year and to many more.
4: We'll say four hundred will yeah. probably the show I'll be back on.
1: We have to come we'll have to have to definitely come up with some kind of big extravaganza. So and with that, we'll see you on the track. Hi, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to the Racer's Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.